0: She started talking about the fact that her sister got like lipo. And I was like, well, that's just a weird first date conversation topic. So I agreed to go to uh, Papa Do's with her. We go to Papa Do's. Bro, you went to another place? Hey, man, I'm a nice guy, no, man. I dude, I, 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 I to say no. You had
1: an exit right there. I
0: can't <laughs> say no. Oh, my God. Papa Do's date comes to an end. Uh, it starts raining outside i bolt to my car wait you ran away you you agreed to go to dinner with her (laughs) after a bad date i didn't run away i walked and i have big strides i'm tall i was like i was gonna give you a hug it was just raining real bad yo what's going on guys welcome to laced up i'm here with mike corzemba and
2: the flight mike and we're here to talk about a lot of things guys what do we want to talk about
1: first I think we need to, uh, the, let's go in chronological order. Let's start with my Los Angeles Lakers because they got eliminated and it's accountability time because Mike Corzemba was a, was very right about some of the stuff that he suggested about the Lakers. Even as time went on, we found out like some, there might be some potential shadiness in terms of specific players being promised specific roles to bait them into signing with the Lakers. But To start this off, let's discuss their playoff exit in terms of my perception of LeBron James, in terms of my perception on his legacy, and just in terms of my perception on our season as a whole. I uh it was disappointing because, in my head, the ideal NBA finals matchup for me, and you guys are NBA fans, you guys could comment on this, would be the Lakers meet the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA finals. That would have been probably the most dramatic, the best storyline. In my head, that's what I wanted to see. So in that sense, I am disappointed. But at the same time, I do understand that this is a team that had Anthony Davis come back like the day of the plan. Dennis Schroeder came back, LeBron James came back, and he wasn't even fully healthy. You had all of these, and then they had 57 days of rest as well. And although I was very emotional when the Lakers lost a couple of games to the Phoenix Suns. At the end of the day, LeBron's only human. The Lakers are only human. Hopefully they rest up and uh, we got a superstar or two. And uh, we'll be back to dominating.
0: So personally, I'd like to see the Nets and the Clippers in the finals. I think that's the best case scenario for me, especially with Kevin Durant having like two rings and Kawhi having two. Right? Am I right right there? Uh, They both have two rings? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, superstar small forwards, Uh, legacies being built they're still I don't want to say they're still young but they still have a lot of time left in the NBA Uh, we need something after LeBron Uh, Kawhi KD legacies being built I mean I'd love to see them match up and uh, duke it out all right so what you're saying is you would rather have like going into the
2: playoffs you would rather have had the Clippers over the Lakers because you kind of want like the air apparent to LeBron James to already start establishing yeah, itself. Yes, yes, 100 Okay, cool. One hundred percent. I like that thought process. Um, We'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks with the Nets. I personally would have loved to see Giannis take a pretty big leap this postseason. I mean, you don't want to count a team out two games into the playoffs, but losing to the James harden Brooklyn Nets by like 40 points is not exactly the biggest sign. Um, yeah, I mean, with that in mind, I don't think the Clippers are the most exciting team. So I'm gonna go. I don't. Th- I don't like. Th- I don't think the Clippers are the most exciting team. I will One. stand by that. You know, I'm gonna go with. I want to watch in the NBA Finals. I would have said Luka if we were going for, you know, an heir to LeBron in terms of, you know, marketability and all that. But I want to see the Phoenix Suns keep going. I want to see the Phoenix Suns make the NBA finals at this point, because I think that they are not getting enough credit for the way that they played against the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, all we're really hearing mostly is everything that went wrong with the Lakers. We're hearing Andre Drummond struggled. He was probably we'll get into that. You know, we're hearing LeBron was injured, AD was injured, Dennis Schroeder took uh, uh took out Lakers point guard out of his Instagram bio before the series had already ended. But we're not hearing enough about how good the Phoenix Suns have been, how good Devin Booker was. Like we've never seen playoff book before. That has never been a thing that we've been able to talk about. The man averaged about 30 points per game, six rebounds, five assists per game in the first round against the Lakers. He was absolutely incredible. DeAndre Aiden, I think, has established himself as a legitimate all-star looking player going forward. He looks like just a very, very solid starting center. And Chris Paul did his thing. Despite the injury, he looked great. Game one. Um, in the second round. And also then you've got pieces like Mikhail Bridges, who like that guy, it just looks like, like a championship piece. He looks like a championship role player. And I'm just very excited for the Phoenix Suns future. I can't wait to see where they go from here. And I think that we could be looking at, I mean, they're the number two seed. They just haven't gotten as much respect as they should be getting, but I think we could see them in the NBA finals. Do you guys agree or disagree with the Suns?
1: Um. So, one, I do agree, and I'll get to why I agree in a second. But the main reason that I, to respond to Coop, the main reason why I believe that the Lakers would have been way better in the NBA Finals than the Clippers is there's just significantly more storylines going on there, in addition to them being the defending champs, in addition to, you know, it being LeBron. LeBron versus Kyrie, it would have been really nice to see, hey, Kyrie finally got his own team. He could go take on his old mentor. I would have really liked to see that. We're not getting it. It's whatever. On to the Phoenix Suns. Um, I don't know. I was actually thinking about this yesterday as to, in my head, like, and bear in mind, guys, at the time we're recording this, um, the Brooklyn Nets are up two to zero against the Milwaukee Bucks. In my head, I'm trying to ponder, in my head, first of all, the Brooklyn Nets seem like the most likely team that are going to make it to the nba finals in my head i think they're gonna win the nba finals it's like i'm getting a 2017-ish vibe from this entire situation where i already know at this point that kevin durant's just gonna waltz into the nba finals they're gonna dominate whoever they face off in the nba finals and that's that and even that's despite us not being that deep into the playoffs and i was wondering what team from the West matches up with the Brooklyn Nets the best? Because the Phoenix Suns are a fantastic team that could match up with them. You have Mikkel Bridges, you have Jay Crowder, um, you have um, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Those are that's like a good combination of scoring and defense that could win some games and that could at least swing some of the odds in their direction should they decide should they make it but I don't know do you guys Coop do you agree with Corzemba and I do you think the Suns are probably the best matchup
0: to touch on what you said about uh LeBron in the storylines um I'm kind of tired of seeing Bron in the finals I love Bron but uh you know it's it's time for it's time for a change man so you know I I also would love to see the Suns in the finals uh just like Corzimba, because you know Monty Williams Chris Paul I got that whole Hornets Pelicans thing going for me But uh, I I think the Suns are deep and I think they have the ability to play uh, any style of basketball and I think that's scary. I think they can go small. I think they're versatile. Um, I think Aiden has became a completely different player, which is kind of weird to see. Um, Aiden is not going out and trying to give you 25 points on the block like, you know, maybe Aiden passed. Uh, A lot of young bigs have trouble finding their niche sometimes and settling into a role and we've watched Aiton do this spectacularly like with the Phoenix Suns and I feel like it really has not gotten enough love I've known uh, I know people have given Aiton you know a good bit of height and a good bit of credit for him somewhat dominating the Lakers but I, I still feel like we're not talking about his role for this Phoenix Suns team enough
2: Yeah, and even in um, game one against the Denver Nuggets, I mean, man comes out with a nice 20 and 10 game and Jokic doesn't have the best game. I mean, he plays, you know, decently well, but 22 and nine. I mean, DeAndre Aiden has absolutely, I would say, become the X factor for this Phoenix Suns team. And I completely agree with you, Coop. When you're a young big man, it is definitely, definitely hard for you to kind of just fit within your role. Especially when, if you look at the case of DeAndre Ayton, he was a number one pick. Before that, you know, his whole life he's being given the ball every chance he gets. You know, he's being told put the ball in the basket as much as you can. Now he's on a Phoenix team where it's like score around 15 points, but do everything else. You know, grab rebounds, play great, uh, play great defense inside. Do all the things that help you win games, and that is a very hard mentality to switch into. Um, to go from the guy that, you know, has always been getting the ball to maybe you're the third, fourth option, depending on what on what game it is. That, I would say, circling back is and was the problem with Andre Drummond on the Lakers, which I don't want to, you know, too much credit for calling this, but that was what I said at the time was, it seemed like a no-brainer. It seemed like, okay, Andre Drummond's you get him for free. He's a former all-star, you know, the man puts up numbers, but the problem is his mentality. He was able he was never able to really flip that switch and as we just saw guys, this just came out. The Lakers promised Andre Drummond a starting spot for in order to get him onto their team. And so what do we think about that? Because This is something that I previously mentioned was when you have a guy like Dwight Howard nearing the end of his career, it's very easy to bench him. It's very easy to be like, okay, Dwight, this is not your game and there's going to be no hard feelings. Andre Drummond, it was a different situation. And so now we're hearing that the Lakers are only going to be interested in Andre Drummond if it's a minimum contract. Like, I think Andre Drummond just just cost himself a ton of money by going to the Lakers and kind of exposing himself as a player that can't play in the playoffs, maybe. Like, if they're benching him, that is just not a good look.
0: Well, to be fair, I feel like a lot of players cost themselves a good, well, maybe not a lot, but a few players cost themselves some money by going to the Lakers, because also, I feel like Montrez Harrell lost a good bit of money too, even though it's going to be, um, the, the big man market is, is not that great this upcoming off season. so, you know, hopefully he can land with like Charlotte or a team like that, but, uh Mike, what are your thoughts on this?
1: So adding on to what you guys said, a lot of players did lose a lot of money just from being on the Lakers this year. Dennis Schroeder, for example, we all know that story of him turning down an $80 million contract because apparently he thought he was worth $100 million. And then he goes into the playoffs and it, Laker fans, I'm going to admit, Laker fans are very hard on their players when they're relevant. That's part of the challenge of playing in L.A. Hell, any L.A. team is very hard on their players like you saw what happened with Paul George last year in Pandemic P as a matter of fact after game 1 in the second round of the playoffs when the ja- uh, when the Los Angeles Clippers literally didn't even have 48 hours of rest went up against the Utah Jazz Paul George shot 4 of 17 from the field Pandemic P co- I'm seeing memes about oh Kristaps Porzingis gave back the title Pandemic P back to Paul George so LA as a whole is very hard on their players, so I'm just going to preface the uh, this statement by saying that. But in addition, uh, in addition to Dennis Schroeder, Andre Drummond, if if you're Andre Drummond, what's your best opportunity to get a max contract? You see LeBron James playing alongside LeBron James, betting on his ability to make you look good. Isn't that bad of a bet to make? And I'm I'm sure a lot of these players were looking at LeBron James, a man that got Matthew Vadova, a three-year, forty million dollar contract, I believe. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, Timothy
0: Mozgov got a bag. Yeah, too. yeah. A lot of guys yeah. got paid. So yeah, it's
1: so it's not that bad of a bet. To say, I'm going to go play with LeBron James for the remainder of this career. It's just things just, it's, we talk about this a lot on the podcast where the right move is made. The logical business decision is made, but what is supposed to happen doesn't end up happening. Like the Boston Celtics trading for Kyrie, for instance. So I think this is one of those scenarios because if you were to go back to that situation and you are Andre Drummond, What's the best team that could get you that max contract?
2: Mm. Well, max is very difficult. But yes. looking back, the
0: Nets were interested. Not max, they? sorry. You know what, man? I don't know. I don't know. The Pelicans gave Steven Adams like $24 million or something. Uh, $24 million a year extension. Like, look, I don't know, man. There's a chance Andre Drummond still does get a very healthy pack. Like... This is this is absolutely yeah, we'll, wild. We'll see. I mean, all it takes is one team. That's really yeah, all it takes. And there's a lot of desperate teams out there. Have you seen some of the numbers being tossed around for like some of these role players for this upcoming free agency? I saw like Kendrick Nunn's expecting like 15 million per year. I yeah. Mean, that's Duncan why Robinson I... wants like 25. We know Lonzo's probably getting twenty, like that's why I didn't like I still I will stand
2: by. See, I will combine Mike's point with Coop's point. Both of you, I agree with both of you here. And that I, I don't think Dennis Schroeder betting on himself was like the craziest thing. I don't think him turning down that money was crazy at all because we're already starting to see like, okay, this is how much these guys like Kendrick Nunn, like you just said, you know, how much they're asking, how much Lonzo's asking. Dennis Schroeder, if you look at his body of work, the last two regular seasons, he struggled in the playoffs, but the last two years, but if you look at his last two regular seasons, you know, the man has put up numbers where on paper should clearly be paid. So turning down that 20 million dollars and then he what he was betting on is exactly what mike was saying was he was betting on a long you know championship type run for the lakers and if you're on a championship type run and you're the third fourth option on that lakers team you're putting up good numbers you're in the national spotlight at all times you're getting paid you would be getting a lot of money if you're dennis schroeder unfortunately he bet on himself and it backfired completely But that's just what happens when you bet on yourself. You know, it doesn't always work out. Now, Mike, I will say, where do you think the Lakers, with what they've got going on, where do you think they go from here? Because let's say you lose Schroeder. Let's say you lose Andre Drummond. Um, They have to pay Taylor and Horton Tucker this offseason.
1: What what else do you do? It's really tough to anticipate the moves the Lakers are going to make. You know, like, and I can't really anticipate what I think is going to happen without sounding like the most ignorant Laker fan ever, which I already am. But you get what I'm saying? Well, you, who, so, you and
2: Dame, Steph,
1: both <laughs> Kawhi. Yeah. Dame, uh, Steph, and Kawhi. <laughs> I, I think Kawhi isn't happening. Like, the fact that Kawhi made it, like, further. I think if there was a scenario where the Lakers made it past the first round and Kawhi got swept, Okay, maybe you know, but in this maybe. instance, maybe like maybe. but in the in this instance, it really here's the thing rationally in the past, I would look at other teams and say, Hey, would this trade make sense for this team business wise? But then the James Harden trade happened, a trade which Houston, I guess, was feeling sentimental and said, Wow, this is a man that really just carried us over the past decade many people would have been fired if we didn't trade uh if we didn't acquire him let's trade him where he wants to go and get peanuts in return you know so I don't after know yeah i don't know if i don't know if no that's we how had went we down. had a lot
2: of factors going on with that we had yeah. one we had the freaking front office rivalry between the 76ers like and the rockets where for some reason that that should never have affected business but it did and two we had james harden causing more than a scene, like. In the in the modern NBA, like yes, this used to happen like in the '90s and early 2000s more often. You know, we had guys out here where you know we had Latrell Sprewell choking coaches. We had guys showing up to the locker room with guns. Like we had like this th- those things didn't happen on a normal basis, but they happened a little more often, I would say. Now to have a guy like James Harden act the way he did was kind of uh, jarring in a way. Like people haven't. Like, players haven't been, you know, going that far and that extreme to be traded in a while. And uh, he didn't do anything too crazy. You know, he didn't show up. He was, you know, at, who is it, Uh, Duh Baby or Lil Baby's party? Lil Lil Baby. Lil Lil Baby. Duh Baby. All right. right, Whatever. (laughs) Don't hate him. But, um, so, so he's at Lil Baby's party, you know, and uh, he also, there was reports fighting players at practice. I mean whatever whatever was happening there that definitely forced the rocket's hand in a way that they didn't want it to be forced i mean it was either that i feel like they felt like they had no they had no leverage at that point because it was like james harden's trade value was only getting lower and lower and i remember during that time period you know there was like a huge thing it was like okay if we trade for james harden we're giving away a good asset are we positive this man is going to just on a on a dime, switch his way of thinking and become a championship level player again, you know, and become a winner. And we saw it with the Nets, it happens, but it certainly was a risk at the time.
0: And beyond that, the Nets had a ton of assets, still have a ton of assets. Not sure how they still have Joe Harris and also not sure how Spencer Dinwiddie is still on the roster. So I I think it was was one of those perfect storms. What don't you know? No, I don't know how they... Oh, like, I kept- oh, yeah! Like seriously, like the Nets, um, like Mike was saying, they they definitely uh, made out like bandits. Yeah,
1: it's it's insane. Like typically, and I was saying this the moment the Rockets lost last year. The moment they lost last year. And it's that if the Rockets were smart before James Harden makes any sort of trade demand, you look at this player that's in his what? How old is he at the time? 31, I believe. You look at him and say, okay, how many more years of value does he have? You know, like his values at its peak, he's he's. Definitely, you know, he's crushing it, but how sustainable is this level of production? Before he makes a trade de- uh, trade demand, I would trade him for a king's ransom of first-round picks. And they dragged it along and dragged it along, and eventually Russell Westbrook made the demand. Then eventually James Harden made his demand. Then, like, you know, we, we know what ended up happening from there. And so to answer your question about the Lakers, um, it's really hard. Cause asset wise, you don't look at the Lakers and say, "Hurt the dirt." I would love Kyle Kuzma. You know, like I I don't look at the Lakers and see (laughs) any of those players and say, "I would really." Wait, 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 but I thought I thought
2: Kyle Kuzma was ranked ahead of John. What
0: happened, Mike? What? Yeah. You draft John Collins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I
1: mean, then the, you know, happen, is, then, the then the playoffs happened, bro. Then the playoffs happened.
0: happened. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for Kyle Kuzma, man. I think if he went to Detroit or like the Rockets or something, I think he could put up like 18, 19, 20 a game like old times. I don't think he's necessarily gotten worse. I think sometimes it's hard to play with LeBron in a big market and with ball dominant players. I mean, um, obviously, it's what's best for the Lakers to win, but, you know, it takes a certain type of player. And I got to give Kuzma his props. Uh, he did try to buy into his role, and he yeah. did try to become one of those utility guys, but it's still, like, one of those awkward fits, you know?
1: Statistically, he was, statistically, like, it. he was really good during his first year, his rookie year, yeah. and I believe a little bit in his second year. Um,
0: and then Anthony Davis
1: happened. Yeah, so... I think he could be really good on another, like on a smaller market team. Yeah, he averaged this
2: 19 a game his second season.
1: That's why I was calling for the Lakers to trade him. Like it's crazy because uh, it's crazy because it, it's almost as if he finessed the Lakers into thinking he was worth keeping over Brandon Ingram. Or okay, or no, that's not play.
0: how that happened. That's not. We were never taking Kyle Kuzma as a key piece in an Anthony Davis trade. Do you think that it was? It, do you think it came down to um, Kuzma or Alonzo, though? Like,
2: do you think the Pelicans might have taken Kuzma? I and don't Ingram? know, man. I don't because know because I remember they, back then it was like they were talking about like, okay, out of these three players, two of them are leaving, and it seemed like Ingram was a definite.
0: Who would you rather right now, though? Kuzma or Alonzo? Series question. Um, just in terms of. Uh, for the Lakers for
2: this series, I would say, I mean, just looking at how Kuzma played, I'll go Alonzo. Like it seems like you can't get much worse. You can't get much worse.
0: I don't know, man. I'm, I'm talking about like if you're if you're like the Detroit Pistons or like you're you're one of those like franchises that that's rebuilding. Would you rather Kuzma or would you rather Alonzo? Mm,
2: I'd say probably Kuzma because. He provides more versatility. Like, the point guard position is pretty stacked.
0: Kuzma's 6'10". I thought
2: he was like 6'8". Yeah, he provides more versatility, I'd say. Um, I definitely don't think that the role that he's been playing with the Lakers has, you know, basically been what... Like, they. he is an offensive player, you know, end of the day. He doesn't really create for others. It's kind of confusing in a way. I don't really know. I mean... I say he's versatile, but like, why couldn't he figure it out with LeBron? Like, why couldn't, why didn't this work? I guess his shooting just well, wasn't Well, I mean, enough. to
0: be fair, Brandon Ingram didn't necessarily figure it out with LeBron either. I mean, like I said, it takes a certain type of player to buy into that system and to be that perfect puzzle piece next to a ball-dominant player.
1: Yeah, like Kevin Love and Chris Bosh, they won championships, but... You know, statistically, you were looking at them, and you were like, "Eh, what happened to this guy? Yeah, you know, yeah. he's no longer that dominant." Well, I wouldn't that, all- yeah No, I mean, at the time, like, we're not saying he—they're not—we're not saying they're horrible players, but no, I'm. So, I clear- would say though,
2: Chris Bosch was like Chris Bosch learned his role, perfected his role, became incredible at his role as the third guy while as Kevin Durant I feel like it was an ongoing saga while LeBron was there where it was like oh Kevin Durant is figuring I mean Kevin Love like Kevin Love is figuring it out and then it was like oh no now he's you know then you'll have a four point game while Bosh is more consistent but okay we've talked about the Lakers for a bit already uh so I want to know Mike what do you think on the topic of Kevin Durant What do you think about Kevin Durant and um, Lana Rhodes?
1: Yeah, this story... Okay, we need to preface the story because this could be just like borderline tabloid level of BS. I'm going to give you guys the story and I'm going to give you guys um, why we suggest why we think it's Kevin Durant. And we could be completely wrong, but the story is kind of nuts. So... A couple, of, I think it was a few days ago, Lana Rhodes, um, if you guys don't know who Lana Rhodes is, she was a uh, ex-adult actress um, who, you know, one of those who's trying to establish a name for herself in the lovely world of social media. And she is more mainly known for dating Mike Majak, who, was, who is Logan Paul's right-hand man on his podcast. I don't know if they're still tight anymore. And we're going to get to the Logan Paul fight later. But yeah. um, Oh, they're cool. Okay. So Lana Rose has this podcast. And on the podcast, she explains how a Brooklyn Nets player flew out her and her friends to a basketball game. And, uh, you know, they had a a great time. Put put her in a skybox. Life is good. And after that, they went on a date. And on the date apparently a pl- the said player brought a backup girl in case things didn't work out with Lana, which apparently, according to Lana, which, bear in mind, Lana's telling the story, according to Lana, she wasn't feeling this player because apparently this player had no personality and was very soft-spoken, which, to wait, be honest... was quote, wasn't,
2: it, wasn't spicy enough for her. That yeah, is her quote. Yeah, but...
1: So, <laughs> bro, <laughs> I'm sorry. That just wasn't that spicy description's enough? really cringe. Like, Wait, wasn't also, spicy, um, yeah. And then the other thing is,
2: she said the player was a Libra, and fans have noticed that the only Brooklyn Nets player that's a Libra is Kevin Durant.
1: I, uh, here's the thing like, Kevin Durant. I don't know, like, do you think Kevin Durant's a spicy guy, Coop? Like, what do you think of what this? What kind of co- Mike? My- yeah, Coop,
0: go. <laughs> do, you do, you do you think me? Kevin Durant's a spicy guy? <laughs> I will say
2: Kevin Durant is at a bell pepper of spiciness.
0: Bell pepper. What does I that mean, even mean? He- what's, that, what's that on, like, a one to ten?
1: No, um, here's the thing. Zero. Like Zero. she said that she was asking him. Come on! I dropped specific... a bell pepper joke and just it just flew over your head. <laughs> no, I laughed. I laughed. Come on. Like what we she talking? so she was asking him about like his opinion on specific things, and apparently he would say stuff like "I don't have an opinion on that," and I'm thinking that is so unlike Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has an opinion on everything. Like that is a red flag to me. So yeah, um, so. Has anybody confirmed this story? That's uh, why. That's why I, I preface. So said it
0: she she just said it.
1: Yeah, she could well, be just trying to grab a. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I really, also, got, I really
2: doubt. There. I mean, I doubt it. Like she, there. She had to have gone with some Brooklyn Nets player. Like that'd be I don't a crazy, know, thing. Maybe a, crazy. Maybe it was a. Maybe it was a G
0: leaguer. Maybe it was like a G leaguer. No, yeah. Like, I'm not maybe, saying it had
2: to be Durant. I'm just saying but, um, bro, that like that'd be a crazy statement to make. To be like, yeah, I flew all like, the way to Brooklyn and then you know, it was all a lie. Like, there's there's no like this trend on TikTok.
0: That. There's this trend on TikTok where like girls flex their practice squad boyfriends, athlete oh. boyfriends, but also oh. like uh, some of them happen to be on the practice squad. It's a crazy trend, but you know, it's working for them. So shout out to them. Go crazy. But to touch back to this whole Kevin Durant situation and uh, Lana Rhodes, if, if you, uh, if you've ever been on a bad date, which I wouldn't be one of those one of those people that tries to be short with somebody, but uh, sometimes that happens on a bad date. You know, you're not exactly giving well thought out responses. You're kind of short. You're ready to go. And again, this is not something I do. But this is something that I, I've I've known to happen, I guess. Plus, he had a
2: backup girl waiting, so he was kind of just ah, like, yeah. "Oh, you, you know, like, like, oh, this isn't working out. Like, I guess let's go." But wait, so my we'll go back to that bad date in the second coup because I know you want to talk about it. But um, what? So my question, my question, Mike, though, is that we could all talk bad dates if we want. But my question is, how does how does this? go from Lana Rhodes is pregnant like she's like I know she is pregnant but how does it go from Kevin Durant was very boring and there was a backup girl involved to Lana Rhodes is Kevin Durant like how did they oh, no, I, no I, don't the think, I don't think
1: I don't, so I don't think uh I don't think the two are correlated whatsoever and um by the way preface to the bad date thing um guys if you're at this point of the podcast um, we're thinking of launching an exclusive channel membership program and one of the members only features is going to be get like coops dating advice so if that's something you'd be interested in let us know and if it gets to the top comments then we'll totally launch get like coops members only
0: yeah dating um, advice. flight mike actually left out a really important part guys I want to make sure That this one hits home. Make sure that you guys grasp this bit of information that I'm about to say. Me and Mike are actually doing a joint panel. So we will give you live Tinder advice as you swipe. True story. Yeah,
2: exactly. We're going to watch Mike. um, We're all going to watch Mike swipe live on Tinder. That is if there is enough interest for a members only section. So and plus, we're going to be doing a ton of extra stuff. We're thinking of, you know, recording about 15, 20 minutes of extra content every single week and just having that members only. And maybe that stuff will be a bit more fun, like watching Mike swipe on Tinder. You know, we'll set up his profile with him too.
1: We did not discuss the strategy. We discussed
2: all of this. We discussed all of this. Mike, you're, you're here for the content. Okay. I made a podcast
1: with idiots. All right, Mike. What was your worst date of all time? Oh, man. Um... So, this happened a year ago. Um, So, I went on a date with a girl. The date was great. We vibed. We clicked. Definitely wanted to see each other again. So, we decided to see each other again. And the second date went well. You know, this time I, like, drove over. She lived, like, 45 minutes away. So, I drove over. You know, really cute stuff. Like, we went. We cooked a little bit. Got along great. Day two, Yeah. Wow. Day day three was where it went a little left. Um, so day three, she hits me up. She knew how to get me to drive forty five minutes away. Just had a great day, you know. Made a video on <laughs> flight mic, did fantastic. Made a video on microphone, did remarkable. Finished my day at like one p.m. Hit the gym. I was done at like two thirty, and I hit her up. I'm like, hey, what are you up to today? She's like, uh, you know, just hanging out. I just got this, uh, you know, $100 Wagyu steak that got sent to me for my influencer, uh, my influencer food Instagram. I was like, $100 Wagyu steak? She's 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 an influencer? It's like, she had like a micro-influencer, like, food Instagram. You know, like, it was something like 5k followers. But apparently that's enough to get, like, free steaks if you shout out the steak company and whatnot. So, she... I'm like, okay, you know, that sounds like fun. She's like, yeah, do you want to come cook it? I'm like, okay, for sure. So she's like, okay, meet me at the Whole Foods nearby. I'm like, for sure. Go to Whole Foods, real cute. Get some wine, get some broccolini, get some, you know, get some, uh, get all of my condiments to make sure I really do this Wagyu steak some justice. And um, we drive back to her place. Now, I pull up to her place, and the way she described her place to me is, she lives in a two-bedroom. Her she lives alone, but her mom is susceptible to making drop-ins. I'm like, huh, okay. So she so like I go back to her place, and bear in mind, Middle Eastern, Iranian. I don't know. Uh, we're very we're very big on our uh, on our tea. So she was Iranian as well. So I go in and I I'm like in the kitchen. And I see like a tea kettle in the kitchen, like boiling. And she looks at me, she's like, oh shit. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's wrong? So she's like, no, nothing, nothing. Runs to her room, comes back. I'm like, I look at the kettle. I look back at her. I look at the kettle again, look back at her. I'm like, mom's home, isn't she? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh crap. So she immediately comes out, you know, pour some tea. I was expecting to just come through, make steaks, pour some tea, you know, I'm laying on the flight mic charm. You feel me? She's like, what do you do? I uh, Make YouTube videos for a living and- uh, Wait, wait, um, I want some more of this charm
2: that you, all right. So, so I'm a 55 year old woman and you are yourself, go.
1: <laughs> oh, hi, so what do you, I
2: see you've been- uh, I'm not
1: reliving are, this dude. Are you dude. friends with my daughter? <laughs> it didn't go like that it didn't go like that per se but it was like she was trying to figure out who i am you know like what i do and stuff like that so who are you explaining what a youtuber is to like someone that's 50 and isn't from this country is a very very exhausting you know what i would just like to say
2: if roles are ever reversed and you want to role play as a 50 year old plus woman i'll i'll stay myself
1: oh my god bro (laughs) um (laughs) Hold up. So, what happened next? Oh, yeah. So, at the tail end of this 30 minute conversation, she looks at me and she's like, Oh, by the way, I'm mean, going to have a few friends over. I hope you don't mind. And I'm like, Wait, what? So, I'm like, Okay. I go to her. I'm like, Yeah, let's go outside and like cook the steak on like the grill. I go outside, cook the steak on the grill, you know, finish it bring like a couple steaks back, you know, she also had a filet. So like four steaks back. And I see there's a whole like party with her family. Everyone's invited. Everyone's like, she's introducing me to everyone. The mom's introducing me to everyone. And like, I'm walking in, uh, I walk in with a steak. And they're all looking at me and they're like, oh, thank you so much for making us. I'm like, what? Like, So I'm like there with the steak. I remember the next thing I did was I saw a bottle of wine and like just, you know, in Rick and Morty where Beth shoots Mr. Po- poopy Butthole and like is like shaking and is like bringing the wine and is like pouring it. So I did one of those. Yeah. I'm like shaking and I'm filling up my wine glass. I do like one of these, I chug it. and I'm like, uh-uh, need more. So I do some more of that. Um, catch a Light Buzz- um, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what did I get myself into? So I'm hanging out there, you know, all of her family's grilling me about who I am in my life and everything like that. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, my God, how did I get here? Like, I, I like, how did this happen? What, did, what decisions did I make to get to this point? So we hang out like I tell her like, hey, can we go out for dinner? Can we go out for lunch instead? Like, screw the steak. She's like, yeah, for sure. We go out for like an hour and a half. She is so happy. I'm like, okay, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, is what it is. Take her out to dinner. Get a couple drinks. Had a nice night out. Come back. Um, She goes to sleep. I avoid the mom. And then, like, the next, like, I think a couple days ago, (laughs) I I texted her. A couple days later, I texted her. I'm like, could you be honest with me? Was this planned? And she was like, "No, never." I'm like, "This wasn't like a ploy to introduce me to your parents." She's like, "No," and then she unfollowed me on everything, and like, you know, that's just how it ends. Uh, Like that's how it ends. Yeah, and like I don't know, I didn't take it. So I felt very deceived, and the fact that I got like a deceptive vibe already, like, kind of terrified me and turned me off from the whole situation. And I'm like, okay, if I'm already feeling like sketchy about this woman and we're three dates in, then this isn't gonna progress well. So we decided to call it quits. I think she moved to uh she moved to my area recently. What do you mean you you decided it wasn't mutual? <laughs> she unfollowed you. She like I think she unfollowed me because I didn't take it so well. And how you know, I think like it was just a mutual thing. But I guess you could say it was her, you could say it was me. Because I'm sure if I was accepting of the fact that I kind of got clickbaited into, uh, you know, meeting her family, then yeah, I'm that's sure we'd still be talking. So
2: yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Freaking weird. I mean, yeah, it, it was weird.
0: Yeah.
1: Um,
2: um, I know me and Coop have a similar story. Coop, yeah. You wanna, you wanna go first, buddy?
0: <laughs> well, just basically it's it all bad dates come from tinder it feels like so uh anyways uh you know i was swiping on tinder and you know i matched with this chick she was pretty bad i'm not going to lie her pictures um were nice you know Uh, she looked good and uh we got to talking i got the number uh pretty quick you know it was what it was uh we progressed to texting and once we started texting uh somewhere along the lines we started sending voice messages Uh, So this is like four or five years ago, right? I wasn't really a big voice message guy, but, you know, screw it. You know, if this is what people are doing, I'm like, I don't know anyone.
2: Do people do that?
0: Yeah. Actually, Flight Mike is one of the guys that I know that actually uses the voice messaging feature. I hate voice. voice
1: I hate voice. I hate voice texting. I I do voice to text. So like I send a voice. Yeah. No, you've recorded
0: a- it. You've recorded your voice before and sent it to me. Oh,
1: I've done I've done that to you once. Yeah, you're it's right. W- I have.
0: No, multiple times, but it has been a while. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I hate All right, my bad. My it bad. I've derailed. I've derailed. Okay, going, So keep you're going. Yeah, you're talking on. to this girl. She's sending yeah, voice uh, messages. So you know, I'm I'm pff, my game going crazy. You know, it is what it is. Uh, we get to the point to where we're sending these voice messages and iPhone tell your i like your iphone tells you if somebody like saves your message or like if they just play it or like whatever and so she saved one of my messages and i was like oh, that was weird but you know I, I got a good voice i guess it is what it is so you know i started gassing myself up a little bit uh even though that was red flag number 1 wait do you know what the message was i think it was like a good night or something like that you know it was nothing crazy okay. so, so he uh, says, but whatever yeah but but (laughs) she saved it and um uh, anyway anyway we plan a date right and um you know my whole thing on tinder was to never get catfished uh you know in this instance i guess you could say i got caught lacking a little bit because you know i always try to facetime them even though like that's like really aggressive i don't really like doing stuff like that i try to facetime them make sure you know um if they send me pictures the pictures are current Nah, you gotta, you gotta. You you have to, you have to, yeah. I mean, there's gotta be some form of, of verification. Yeah, you have to, like, yeah, at least get their Insta, their Twitter, like, something. But my thing was, at this time, like, I never thought about somebody just using old pictures, right? Like, okay. I thought if somebody catfished me, it would be like, you know... Like it'd be a whole different person. Like the camera crew comes yeah. out. Yeah, like- I feel like also
2: like you kind of have to go through an experience where it happens to you because you hear about it, but then you're like, ah, that's like you know, you feel like you would get enough of a vibe.
0: Yeah, you you never you never think it'll happen, it'll happen to, to you. you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, Anyways, um, we go to this museum. We agree to go. We we agree uh to go to the museum for our date. Um, you know, I pull up. I park. I'm on the phone with her. I'm like, "Yo, where are you?" And she's like, "I'm right here." And I'm like, "I I, I don't no. see you." Like, you know, I'm like looking around, and she's like, "No, I'm standing right outside the museum." I'm like, "No, like I like I I don't see you." And then like she starts walking up to my car, and I'm like, "Oh, that's <laughs> you." <laughs> and I, I'm no. like, <gasps> my mouth is like blown. Like I'm thinking of ways to like cancel the date like how close were you to stepping on the gas bro
1: i'm surprised you didn't do that yeah. <laughs> like my it, it actually birthday, gets worse go. it
0: actually gets worse i actually feel like oh, terrible no. like but you know no. I, I didn't want to be one of those guys to where like okay i agree to something i'm a back out or you know whatever whatever but at the same time like she knew what she was doing yeah so but you know she walks up to the car Anyways, uh, we go into the museum. I'm not really tripping. Museums are low key. Who's going to see me? You know, it is what it is, and that sounds terrible to say. I feel like a bad person saying that. But that's anyways. kind awkward, though, in a museum. Like that's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. Like that's
2: like something you got to talk to her like the whole time. You do. You do. Like you there's do, no other and... distractions. You guys are literally giving your like input input on exhibits like that's not like an ideal Like at least if it was a movie you know you could just shut up and just watch the movie but like, yeah no so, uh, like if it's even if it's dinner easier. like at least like you know most of the time right. like dinner at a bar there's like tvs uh,
0: around so you at least just... it's, it, at least if there's a bar you could get drunk <laughs> like yeah you know you which we about. will get into
1: my story <laughs> it's not... yeah i can't wait for you. oh actually... man i can't wait for that story
0: <laughs> but um all right so like krizimba said we had to talk you know we had to make conversation and um at one point i don't even know how this came up uh she started talking about the fact that her sister got like lipo and like she, i was like what like how how did we get here why would you tell me that and i think she was saying like she was thinking about doing it or whatever and i was uh, like well, it's just a weird first date conversation yeah. topic but um go crazy and i guess she sensed that the combos were were growing dull and um she ended up making this really edgy religious joke that i really didn't like i was like oh that's what you do and she's like no i'm joking i'm joking i'm like oh oh that wasn't funny like uh and you know uh anyways that date that part of the date comes to an end. You know, I feel bad. I just don't want to leave after doing one thing. So I agree to go to uh, Papados with her. We go to Papados. Bro, you went to another place? <laughs> hey, man, I'm a nice guy. No, dude, why? <laughs> you had an exit right there. I can't say no. Dude, you literally <laughs> oh just all like, you know, like,
2: all right. Like, yeah, like, let's do something again and uh,
0: you didn't have this. I like Papados too, so I mean, Papados is fire. I I didn't, I didn't want to go by myself. Like, fuck, I so I'm a Papadou's bad guy is.
1: because I wanted Papados. It's, oh, it's a It's a Texas seafood restaurant.
0: It's so gas. I'm surprised Mike knows about it. Holy crap!
1: Yeah, it's fire.
2: Uh, yeah. All right. Well, regardless, you. I, it sounds like you should have went by yourself.
0: Yeah, but um. Anyways, uh, Papados date comes to an end. Uh, it starts raining outside. I bolt to my car. I get to my car I close the door I'm ready to leave and she goes uh, she walks up to my car she opens the uh, I think she like opens the door or something on my car and she's like not even a hug and I was like it, it was starting to rain outside like I was just trying to beat the rain and it's, it's a lot of traffic. And she and I was like, I was I was like, I was gonna give you Wait, her. you ran away. From, you you agreed to go to dinner with her after a bad day. I didn't run away. I walked and I have big strides. I'm tall. You I'm ran. tall. You I'm ran. tall. You're sending some I mixer. walk and I have big strides. So it could be perceived. Bro, you're
1: sending some mixed ass signals. because like rain. on one hand you're taking, you're asking her on a second date, was... but then you're running away from her. Like, come on, bro. It just started raining.
0: Like, have uh-huh. you like, Have you ever driven? As hell,
1: bro. Like,
0: no, nah, I'm the bad guy. What the fuck? <laughs> nah. but I was like, I was gonna give you a hug. It was just raining real bad. I was. <laughs> Man. So what you do? I. At that point, I uh, I gave her her hug, and and I don't think we ever talked again.
2: <laughs> the how? Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Was, uh, did, you, oh, did you did god. you pay for
0: the papados? I I think I I did pay I did pay I did pay 100 percent I paid. It's yeah. Papados, man. So
2: so I got all right. So for me, uh, I'll go. I've got the tale of two catfishes, I guess, which is one senior year you know, uh, swipe on Tinder, whatever. I think it's p- passing here, like going into the next summer. And i never ever in my life ever been catfished ever. And I start talking to this girl who like, literally I I'm positive. I searched her up on Facebook. She was real. And she went to St. John's and I was like, okay, um, you know, great talking to her to just make this as fast as possible out of nowhere, we go from like normal conversations, normal conversations. She also knew who I was. So she was like, oh yeah, no, I have like, like I I know you like from group of friends. So like, she like knew things about me. So I was like, all right, this girl has to be like, whatever. Suddenly out of nowhere at like 2 AM one night, like I'm out at the bar, uh, I like check my Snapchat and then I have like six Snapchats from her and they are literally, there's five pictures and one video all five pictures are different nudes. And the video is more explicit than that. The thing is, none of the nudes matched. <laughs> like I looked at them, I was like, these are all different girls. Like <laughs> like they look close, but they are you, wrong. You were, this is you were wrong. A, and you so were I to... was like, who is this? Like, I was like, so I just literally straight up responded with, these pictures are not you who is this question mark she then just doesn't answer Sends two more nudes that it's like a frankenstein of nudes they are not at all related i'm like all right like this is just weird and also i'd like to say like i'm sending me nudes just randomly out of nowhere like i guess like you know some guys of course are like oh awesome like i'm like a little bit like you know i'm happily engaged now but like at the time, you know, was like, I've been a relationship guy. So to me, that's like kind of just like, a, like
0: too much. Yeah, I agree. If it's a little too easy, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a little skeptical to me too. Like, so I was just like, who is this? This
2: isn't a real person, blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh, trust me, it is. She calls me and like, I t- give her, like, I talk to her for like two minutes and then I'm just like, nah, I'm not fucking buying this. I say that to her face or not to her face through phone. She blocks me on everything. To this day, I don't know who that girl was. Girl, guy, I don't know. Who was it? I got legitimately catfished with no answer. No idea who it was. I don't know. You
0: didn't actually go on the date.
2: No, no, but no. You have to meet the chick. But second catfished. second was, um, well, I mean, that's not true. Uh, second is, you can get catfished without meeting someone but second is that doesn't count
1: all right it's it was a
2: mini catfish all right but second was well second was not exactly catfish but it was the same thing as coop where um i will say you know this girl met her you know it was like i was living by the shore so you know we talked on whatever dating app it was and then we were like okay yeah let's grab drinks here on like a thursday and she shows up and yeah, it was the same situation where those pictures had probably been from like three years ago. And she just did not look like herself anymore and was no longer someone that I was into. But like Coop, I was just like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? What do you yeah, do? You, wa- like- you roll up and you're like, you can't just make an excuse. Now, I'm not going to just pull out my phone and be like, oh, my you know, grandma's dead. I need to leave, like I I just couldn't do it. So and instead, uh, and so instead, I'm like, all right, let's let's go into the restaurant, let's go into the bar, whatever it was bar, and we were supposed to just get drinks. What makes it way more awkward was that this girl worked part time at this bar and did not tell me. So suddenly, she's just going behind the bar, introducing like talking to everyone, introducing me to like five different people, including the owner. Um, I'm like, ah, this is horrible. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with this girl. I'm just trying to be nice. I'm trying to be as low key as possible. I'm being the complete opposite, like unintentionally. I'm like, oh my God. All right. All right. I'm like, just get through this. I legitimately go. I look at my phone. Let's say it's like five o'clock. I look at my phone. I'm like, you have to be here for 90 minutes. That is what you have to do. Just be here for 90 minutes. Okay. That's fair. You know, bounce after that at that point in time, you know, normally on a date I have like I, I used to normally I used to have like hard rule where it's like, you know, of course you don't want to come across as like some, you know, crazy drunk or anything. So I would keep the alcohol to a minimum, like, you know, a drink or two, like during dinner or whatever. Then if you go out to the bar, you know, you keep it casual, you keep it light. This is the only time in my life where I was literally like, I do not care what this person thinks of me. I... I'm just going to just deal with this by getting drunk. And I think I proceeded to have probably ended up saying for like two hours. This girl, not only like she caught my vibe of like, okay, let's get drunk. And she just starts getting free shots just from because she works there. So next thing you know, I'm like (laughs) 10 drinks in like two hours. I'm like slurring my words. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I'll I'll meet you. uh, I'm I'm down to meet tomorrow. She's like, I'm bartending tomorrow. You get all the free drinks you want. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I got out of there. Um, That's worse than mine. I think I ended up. I think I ended up. uh, I mean, she texted me three times the next day, like because the next day was Friday and I was out. She was like, "Are you coming by to get some rum buckets? Are you coming by? All this stuff." And I was just like, "I can't answer this. This is so bad." And so I ended up blocking her number,
0: and oh luckily I never saw her
2: again. I mean, what am I supposed to do,
0: bro? You, you know, I, know, I also you agreed to, uh, to yeah. another date. You were getting free stuff too because like, I was, au- it was just awkward. I freaking bro, I, 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 that doesn't mean you agree. Uh, Oh, at least I didn't show her up. Like, what (laughs) is that, bro? Hey, you know what? She, She
2: pulled the first
1: move. Could I give some advice to those that are listening to this and saying, well, geez, if I'm ever in a date like that, how do I get out? Because there is a way you could get out of those situations. Whenever you go on a date, like I used to be growing up, like I, I was like an awkward kid in high school, so I was really into pickup artist culture. And although, oh no, point, wait, no, my god, yeah. what did I just I was, here. No, seriously, yeah, this is yeah. like in two thousand ten. I
0: mean, me too, me too. I used to watch yeah. like simple pickup yeah, and was, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, we were we were we yeah. were pretty similar. So,
1: go, so go like. Although it could get to the point where the men are being like like manipulative and scumbaggy, there are some techniques that they use that could be applied to dating today that could result in like some good stuff. And one of the things I use to this day is something called a false time constraint where you pretty much set the date with the girl and say, yeah, you know, let's meet for drinks at 8. By the way, at 9 p.m. I have to go meet up with some friends. I hope that's okay. And what this does is, one, it gives you a way to end the date without it being too awkward. But say if you're having a good time on the date, you could say, oh, you know, screw my friends, let's keep going, you know? And it's a good way to convey that you're having a good time. And it's a good way to get validation that she's having a good time. So that's like a way that you could at least set yourself up for exit should it not be going well.
0: Yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, Also some advice. Always make sure that you don't just like have your absolute best pictures up. Uh, maybe this is bad advice, but I always tried to put up a picture where I looked exactly like myself, if that makes sense. Like not my best picture, not my worst picture, but hey, it's me. It's a straight up shot. You can see my face pretty clearly. Like, you know who I am. You know what I look like. It is what it is. Oh,
1: also another piece of advice. Bring condoms. Please. On top of Lana Rhodes, on
2: top of everything with Kevin Durant, we've also seen Kevin Durant beefing with Jay Williams. And Mike, I know you have an opinion on this one.
1: Pretty much Kevin Durant, uh, Jay Williams goes, this is very similar to the Skip and Shannon sharp thing that went down. And pretty much Jay Williams goes on his show, compares Kevin Durant to Giannis and says, uh, says that Kevin Durant came up and said, don't you ever compare me to Giannis again don't ever compare that dude to me was this years ago Uh, that's what he claimed i don't know when but just in general that's what he claimed and kevin durant comments on um, the instagram post saying this is a this is a lie jay williams can never speak for me ever so Jay Williams went back and uh, says, I stand by my... He came out this morning and said, I stand by my story. Um, This actually happened. Um, And this is the exact quote. I was probably wrong for sharing a personal story, but that's what we do. We share personal stories. But Tuesday, I sat there. I'm not going back and forth on social media. I was with my family all day staying positive. It's all good. It was meant as a compliment. There are levels to this. Kevin Durant also... um, said something a little bit more aggressive yeah he tweets out kevin Durant tweets out man's will do anything to advance their careers in this media shit wanting to be accepted by an industry that will dispose of you whenever they please keep me out of all that corny ass talk about who's better and legacy and all that dumbass shit i don't even talk like that so it's uh it's really interesting because apparently these two actually run a business together as well um it's here's the thing. I see both sides. When Skip and uh, when um, not Skip, but when Shannon Sharp misquoted Kevin Durant, I said this: these dudes are praising Kevin Durant. They're praising him. They're saying don't don't compare him to Giannis ever. And to be honest, you shouldn't. Like they're com- you shouldn't even compare the two. And Kevin Durant coming out and saying, "I never said that. How dare you misquote me?" First of all, he was in a club. Okay. Maybe some uh, adult beverages were involved. Maybe some other adult paraphernalia was involved. Maybe he doesn't remember. Maybe Kevin Durant never said it. But at the end of the day, these are people that are trying to hype you up, make you look good. In the case of Shannon Sharp, he was trying to insert Kevin Durant into the GOAT debate with LeBron, uh, with saying like with uh, something to do with LeBron James, comparing him to LeBron James. In this instance... Jay Williams, who is his business partner apparently, also came out and said, "Hey, don't you dare even put me in the same conversation as Giannis and And then Kevin Durant's like, "I never said that. You know what? What are you trying to say here? I want to be in the car. Con- I want you to compare me to Giannis and I want you to compare me to LeBron James. I don't want to be in the goat debate." I don't get his agenda other than I want to pick something with somebody. And it's very consistent with Kevin Durant's personality.
0: I want to say that, uh, I just think if he didn't say that, he just doesn't want a random beef steering up in the middle of a, of a series against, you know, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. Like if, if you said that I said something that I didn't, I might be like, Hey, like, yo, what's going on? I didn't say that. Like, why would you say that? But, uh, yeah, what were you going to say, Corzimba?
2: One, I would like to say that I don't think Jay Williams is telling a lie here. I think that this definitely happened. Um, not only because, I mean, I'm biased. I love Jay Williams. I worked with ESPN one time for the 2019 NBA Finals. I worked with Jay Williams. He's the nicest guy I've ever met in media, and he's, like, among the nicest guys I've ever met in general. You know, if Anthony Davis and Katie would have a baby, the similarities physically wise would be like Giannis. I I go to the holiday party. Katie comes up to me and says, yo, don't you ever, ever compare me to Giannis. Blah, blah, blah. So he's like, so Jay Williams goes, Katie, what are you talking about? I was just talking about similarities, physicality wise, size, length. He's like, no, don't ever compare me to Giannis. So this seems like something that's very like, I guess, but I don't, I don't think Kevin Durant, I think Kevin Durant's whole thing is that I don't think he wants anyone to have like anyone to have the idea that his motivation comes from anything other than himself and wanting to better himself and achieve things on his own. I don't think He wants people to think that he has some kind of edge where he wants to, you know, prove that he's so much better than Giannis, that he wants to shut that up, that he wants to prove that he could, you know, reach LeBron in the GOAT debate or anything. I think that seems like that's his MO. And I can definitely believe, though, like you said, Mike, that, you know, maybe he, you know, had some drinks, maybe whatever. And he came up and was like, you know, he didn't like being compared to Giannis. Because I just don't think he really likes being compared to people in general.
1: I feel like um, it's also, here's the thing, and I I shouldn't speak like I know Kevin Durant as a person, but... That sounds like something Kevin Durant would do, you know, like Jay Williams saying if uh, Anthony Davis and um, Kevin Durant had a baby, physically their characteristics would be Giannis, and then Anthony, uh, then Kevin Durant coming, bumping into a club, t- uh, maybe had a couple of drinks, saying, "Don't you ever compare me to Giannis, ever." And then also doing the same thing pretty much here, saying, I never said that. How dare you speak about me doing something like that? At the end of the day, there's no way we could prove it. Um, but here's the thing: I maybe I might trust, maybe I'm a poor judge of character, but I trust Jay Williams. I. Just, I, I guess I feel empathy for him. I guess that's a horrible reason to trust someone. Maybe it's because of Kevin Durant's track record as well of being a little bit of a diva when it comes to trivial stuff like this. Um, but just judging based off of Jay Williams's life, his body of work, how he portrays himself in the media, I don't really perceive him as a liar. To be honest, this is a guy that was very uh, forthcoming about. His thoughts of even taking his own life, his depression, his personal struggles. I one of my first NBA videos in 2017 was on Jay Williams. So I uh I don't he doesn't strike me as a dishonest man at all.
2: Wait, quick quick side story, I just gotta get this in here before I forget. Um when I was sitting there, ESPN 2019, uh Jay Williams looked at me and he was like Yo, no one's really talking about it as much as they should be. He's like, but I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Brooklyn Nets, book it. I was like, okay. I I look, you can look at my tweets. I tweeted out a prediction from myself. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. Next thing you know, you know, Jay Williams is right. So I don't think Jay Williams got to where he got lying about players directly, you know. So I do agree with the with Jay, you know, saying like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, he shouldn't have brought it up, a personal story like that. Maybe he shouldn't have said anything, but I definitely don't think it didn't happen at all.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, I, yeah, Jay Williams seems like a really cool guy. And again, um, I don't know him personally. I don't know uh, KD personally either. So I'm just going to try to remain on like the unbiased side and say like, It's impossible to really, you know, tell what's the truth in this situation and what's not. Because at at the same time, Jay Williams probably isn't going to lie on Kevin Durant. Now, if you lie on Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi, Kawhi's probably not going to come back and say something. But Kevin Durant's like one of the most outspoken players in the league. So if you tell a lie about Kevin Durant, like obviously you're going to expect him to rebuttal, to say something back. Because, I mean, this guy like... uh, Mike said earlier has an opinion uh, opinion on basically everything but at the same time um I don't know man Kevin Durant like I I don't really see him having a reason to lie so it's like one of those situations for me to where it's just impossible to tell like what's what
1: so speaking of uh speaking of uh you know other types of bad blood we all know that the Dallas Mavericks got eliminated. And uh, obviously, a huge shining light of that series is how Luka Doncic is freaking awesome. But on top of that, despite Luka Doncic being one of the best 22-year-olds, not the best, but one of the best, shout out to Jimmy Highroller. Um Wait, Chris on. Naps, what, you, wait what? One of the best 22-year-olds, but not the best. It was a video. Who's it was other? a video. Um, I don't want to spoil the entire video, but Jimmy Highroller made like a really good uh, video comparing 22 year olds. It's like his latest upload. You kind of have um, to tell us like, I mean, this is kind of crazy. to,
0: call, uh, to uh, Say somebody's better than Luca or possibly better best, than
1: Luca. So the best oh, 22
0: year old ever. Oh, that's what you're talking bro, yeah. about.
2: This is not our video. You could talk about what he said. Maybe if it was ours,
1: we
0: could a little
2: mystique.
1: All right. So, all right. So, um, you know, not going. So Bill Simmons came out and said that Luka Doncic might be the best 22-year-old of all time. And through like a bunch of statistics and a bunch of analytics and factoring in points per game, win shares, all these statistics – um and game score and whatnot this is like a 15 minute video i'm trying to summarize in 20 seconds the best 22 year old of all time is lebron james and that's like the year that he carried the cleveland cavaliers to the nba finals it makes a lot of sense um but i digress um what i wanted to discuss was despite luka Doncic playing remarkably well for the dallas mavericks against the clippers the clippers apparently are luca's bad boy pistons or his celtics big three and he wasn't able to defeat him and at the at the conclusion of that series you had chris Porzingis coming out saying that he is frustrated with his role with the dallas mavericks which allegedly. i want to give allegedly well i could give you the direct quote in a second but i also wanted to give kudos to both, first of all, Coop, and second of all, Corzemba, because both of you guys were right about the Dallas Mavericks not being properly constructed when we did this pod like three weeks ago. You guys hit on that. Um, I'm going to dig up the quote, but let me know what you guys think about Chris Tapps role. Do you think they could win a championship with Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and Luka Doncic as the focal I points?
0: I knew they weren't beating the Clippers. I knew it. Kawhi's on a mission, man. Book it.
2: Yeah, you did. You, you had a lot more faith than i did in the clippers yeah um, even
0: down O2. i will
2: i will say that you know we've talked about this on this pod before we i feel like we all don't really i mean at least i know i think me and Coop can agree that we i think mike you agree with this that we don't really love the fit of porzingis i mean mike what what's your stance here
1: i think that there could be my theory because this is such a complicated situation my theory is that the that kristaps porzingis may have been really affected by his acl injury there's like multiple angles i've had multiple theories and he might be a shell of his former self but another thing that could possibly be the case is i think that the way luca is playing with kristaps could also be taking him out of rhythm it, I don't see a lot of featured sets for Chris Stapps for Zingis. I see a lot of camping around the perimeter, finding him for an open three. There's been moments, like, there were some moments that just made me want to bang my head against the wall. There was a point in their final game where Chris Tapps has a remarkable defensive play. He gets a steal, and then the man pulls up from three in yeah. transition. Like, okay, and then he coached
0: it. So, so they kind of tried to feature Chris Tapps this series. I kind of have to disagree. Um, Rick Carlisle doesn't believe in posting up, but, you know, he tried it. He tried to go big with Boban and Kristaps. Kristaps wasn't able to take advantage of a 6'8 Batum, a 6'8 Marcus Morris. Um, Boban struggled a lot in the series. Uh, If if the Mavs wanted to win this series, going big was going to have to work. Again, Carlisle does not believe in posting up. So, uh, you know, they they did try some things with Kristaps. And I'm kind of in the camp of I play basketball. Um, I played at a high level. When you're the guy, it's hard to go from being the guy to being a spot-up player. And, uh, you know, being a spot-up player, I, I feel like these guys don't get enough credit. Because you go 0 of 1, 0 of 2, 0 of 3, it's like, well, y- you might not get an easy shot. You might not get a layup. You might not get a dunk, right? You just have to keep playing your role and, you know, hoping that ball comes your way. And when it comes your way, you have to knock it down. I'm one of those guys, when I'm playing... So whereas I'm, if I'm controlling the ball, I'm pulling up off the dribble, you know, I'm able to get my rhythm. I'm going to be hot. I'm going to knock down shots. It's tough for me to spot up. And I'm a, I feel like I'm a I'm a pretty good shooter. Obviously, I'm not in the NBA, but that's another story. And uh, to touch back to Chris Dapps at the same time, Luca's drawing like two, three people every time he drives, every time he tries to create. So when he kicks out the Chris Stapps, Chris Dapps has an open shot. Or, you know, he's got a defender running at him for a close and Kristaps should be able to capitalize off of that. If you can't capitalize off of Luca getting all of this attention, in what world are sets being run for you going to make that big of a difference? That's kind of where I stand on it. So I'm kind of on like both sides. I see um, both sides. Listen, all right. I agree with that.
2: And I'm going to go full negative Kristaps Porzingis at this point. Um I said I wanted to see more out of him. I said I wanted to, you know, it, at the end of the day, let's say your shots not falling, let's say, you know, you're just not scoring. You have to bring more to the table, especially when it comes time for the playoffs. You have to impact the game in whatever way you can. Kristaps Porzingis, if he does not if he's not scoring the basketball, he's not impacting the game. The man averaged 5.4 rebounds a game. minutes a game in the playoffs. That is Against the small ball lineup.
0: Against the small ball lineup. And
2: the problem is, the problem is when it comes down to it, is just is, has he been overvalued? Is it possible that, you know, his ACL injury has come into serious play? I mean, even looking at his best season ever, he averaged 22.7 a game, shot 44%. He's never really shown the type of offensive versatility where you could carry an offense. And I think that if he had that offensive versatility, he would be a great second option next to Luca. But the problem is, like you're saying, you know, they have you're able to play an undersized defender on Porzingis and basically neutralize him, you know? Like he doesn't make them pay. Yeah. He does not. It, make it, at them.
0: that point, it's no difference from having like a 6'6 Steve Novak. Right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, like you exactly. You
2: just have a guy standing around the perimeter waiting to take open jump shots. Like he's not taking the ball to the rim. He's not you know, making guys pay down low. He is just, you know, he's doing, he's he's spotting up. And, you know, at, like, what, what, is, what is the team supposed to do? What is Rick Carlisle supposed to do if he's kind of limited in that way? Like, Rick Carlisle uh, obviously just can't come out and just be like, well, you know, he has these offensive limitations, so we're doing the best we can. So it's more of just like, you know, game planning with, what you've got but you've got Luca. you've got an you know transcendent talent uh you're building around that you need a second star it seems like that gives you something else that Porzingis is just not giving you because what you can get out of Porzingis you can get that spot up shooter that also plays defense at a much lower price and you know like you look at a guy like Mikael Bridges for uh, the Suns. Like, that guy can shoot. That guy can play defense. He knows his role. He's not considered the second-best player on the Suns. The Mavericks need someone else as their second-best player. They need either someone who can create more, who can, you know, take that burden off of Luka, or maybe they need a center who can run the pick-and-roll with Luka and who can also defend the rim. They need someone else. If if there is a deal out there for Kristaps Porzingis where they're getting equal value or at least close to it. I I say, you know, you go ahead and you pull the trigger on that deal because I do not think this is a match. Now, where do you guys think Porzingis playing would be a good match? Because I'm not going to lie, just the way that he's been playing, I've kind of just soured on him as a player. Like I, the last thing in the world I like to see is you get frustrated. You're not playing as well as you should be. You know, you say the ball isn't coming to you as much as... as you want it to, and you kind of just start pouting a little, and you know, you don't put as much effort as you can. Maybe if he had played 110%, may- maybe if he had, you know, crashed the boards, tried to impact the game as much as he could, even though his shot wasn't falling, even though he wasn't scoring, maybe the Mavericks pull it out against the Clippers. But I think that's a so, that's the difference.
1: So I'm this is gonna be a little bold of me. You guys are gonna hate this take. I could already tell you guys are gonna hate this take. But looking at his advanced statistics here, this is what's really shocking to me. Analytically, obviously, it's different than watching the game. This was one of Kristaps Porzingis' best statistics from, I mean, best years in terms of advanced analytics. He has his high, his previous high from his final year with the New York Knicks was a OBPM of one9 this year, this year, it was at a 2.9. He's His turnover percentage is down to a 6.4. His player efficiency rating is a 21. And I know that's an overrated statistic, but his value over replacement player, 1.4. That's what it's been for the most part throughout his entire year. It was a 1.5 during his best year with the Knicks. So it's kind of a mystery. And I think the only legitimate answer I could give you is, Believe it or not, you guys are gonna hate me for this, For this, but I do think Kristaps Porzingis could succeed on the Dallas Mavericks, but I don't think he could be a second star. I think Kristaps Porzingis could fit into that Kevin Love or Chris Bosch-like role, but I don't think it's enough to alleviate the scoring burden off of Luka Doncic. When I was watching those Maverick games, I wanted Kristaps to step up. I wanted him to take over. But I also understood that he couldn't, and the games where we saw contributions from Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, obviously J.J. Redick—I'm kidding—were um, the games that they were the games that the Dallas Mavericks ended up winning. So I don't think Kristaps Porzingis is necessarily like done in Dallas, and I don't think they should trade him either because you're not going to get a good return. And apparently, no team is currently interested and according to kevin o'connor of the ringer the mavericks like well it's unclear if the mavericks are officially shopping porzingis but even if they were there will not be many takers if so claiming that the trouble here is that the mavericks are facing a challenge to make massive changes to the roster porzingis has two seasons left plus a player option for a third year left on his contract and teams don't want him even if they tried to trade him Now, Mark Cuban also in the past denied reports that the Mavericks even shopped Porzingis. But at the least, the interest in Porzingis is very minimal. If they
2: they get a trade, they would get one. But I agree, you know, they're not getting a trade. On top of all this, he's a huge injury risk. So, like, that's the other problem is that he's on on top of all these problems. He's not durable. And also, I will say to your point of him being a third star, or a third player on the team. I think that could work a lot better. I, um, you know, the man has his liabilities on defense. He doesn't really create for you. He hasn't been rebounding, but, you know, he has, like you said, he did have a good offensive season on paper. If you look at the numbers, they remain consistent up until the playoffs. Playoffs, he got exposed by the Clippers. You know, they neutralized him. Boom. A, sec- a second player... That is better than him, making him the third best player in that roster could certainly change things. could Okay, free him up. so uh, Tim Hadaway
0: just, is already better than Porzingis. So, okay, I mean, he, true. He well, was well, I'm just kind of that third, yeah.
2: Regardless, all right, Porzingis has the reputation, you know, of the second guy in Dallas. But all, all I'm saying, I just want to finish with, is that I don't think Porzingis will buy into that third role at all because it seems like he already is not buying into the second role.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think there are if – if the Mavs want to trade for Zingus I think they'll be able to find a taker. Um, at the end of the day, still a heavy name. How many people said the Russell Westbrook contract was untradable? How many people said the Chris Paul contract was untradable? Completely different situations. But um, at the end of the day, I think if you want to move a player, I think there are ways to do that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But I can definitely see that happen. And I think at some point, we have to throw advanced statistics out of the window, especially when we're watching the games, when we're analyzing the games. Um, Are the Mavericks better with Porzingis? Sure. Uh, Depends on who you're replacing him with. But, you know, I I think it was like a year or two ago, I saw that, like, the Mavs had the greatest statistical efficiency offense of all time or whatever, better than, like, the, the, uh, the Warriors with Kevin Durant. And, like, at the end of the day, we're never taking... The, the Mavs offense a year or two ago over the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry Warriors, right? So, uh, you know, sometimes I do feel like advanced stats don't tell the full story. And sometimes we have to rely on our on our, on our eyes. Word to Kevin Durant. Guys, we
2: have yet to talk about Jokic's MVP run. We've got um, Kemba celtic news we've got the 76ers we've got a bunch to talk about next week or on our next podcast in general so thank you guys for watching this has been laced up do you guys have any final thoughts any words
1: yeah um guys If you made it to the end, especially if you made it to the end, comment down below any other members-only exclusive series that you'd like to see on this podcast. We're going to be launching channel memberships within the next two weeks. We're working really, really hard on that. You're going to get emotes. You're going to get, like, specific sub-perks. So something to be really excited about. Thank you guys so much for supporting. Bear in mind, if you subscribe and turn on our notifications, when we get to 40K subs, you'll enter for a chance to win a next gen console. Uh, thanks
0: for watching guys. Until next time. Except for the, the girls that we dish. all right. Thank you. For- <laughs> <laughs>